Leroy. Leroy? Who's he? Mm. Leroy, is that you? Are you Welcome to the blank space? <laughs> yeah, these cover Where we up. just we just fill it in. With whatever. Anthony, are you Something. are you are you can you kidnap a man? Are you keeping are you keeping Leroy in your apartment? There is there is no Leroy. I am not acknowledging that. Mm. That's pretty sus. That's really <sighs> sus. Hi Anthony, how was your week? It was better. Before I found out about Leroy. Yes, and we're just charging into this podcast today. <laughs> I promise for Christmas I'll give you one podcast where I do a normal opening. That's the only thing I can promise you, just one. That is a Christmas gift I neither expect nor think is going to happen. I'm making a note of this now. <laughs> I'm making a mental note. This is not a huge success. Welcome everyone to the Blank Space Podcast. We're recording. Um, this might be released a little bit afterwards, but we are recording this around Halloween. So happy spooky yeah. season. And there's nothing else going ar- going along with this at all. Nope. There's no other major thing going on that we're not acknowledging. Let's start with a C and end with an Ovid. Hmm... I mean, we can acknowledge that one. That one's that one's uh, less divisive, believe it or not. Is it, but anyway, is it the Tiger King sequel? Are we the Tiger Prince. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I would love a sequel documentary that's called The Tiger Prince. It's about the, the guy <laughs> he was dating at the end of the documentary, who's become like the new Joe Exotic. I would watch that. Oh, oh, that would that would be that would be tragic, mm-hmm. and probably at least have a, a decent amount of meth in it. But <laughs> more meth than the first one. Hmm, that's a pretty high bar. He's got to spend that Netflix money. True, true. Uh, do you think he gets royalties? Oh yeah, they they paid him something to be in that documentary. Or is that like public figure? Um, kind of like we're going to talk about you no matter what sort of thing. Well, they asked him to. They asked to be a part of his um his zoo. Like they they wanted to be there. So maybe there's some kind of agreement that would just be like this is like a publicity piece. Like this is just recording about that. But the way it ended up, there had to be some money that went to Joe Exotic. But you know, you know what? At the bare minimum, I guarantee people sent him money because of that documentary. Oh, like he has a Patreon or <laughs> he's got a PayPal link on his website. That's like, hey, one-time donation will uh, will get you the king of uh, Tiger Com- t- Tiger Tiger King out in the world again. Hmm. I feel like he's gonna be like an OJ character, like he's gonna get out of prison. And people are just going to look at him and be like, Hey, OJ, I know you. It's like, yeah, but he was a criminal. He did hurt a lot of people. And animals. And people are like, hey. Yeah, he's he's not a good man. <laughs> well, speaking of terrifying times, we're going to have to miss the spooky season because everyone's locked in their homes. Mm-hmm. Anthony, I know you, I know you only recently just started living in the place you're in, but... 
did you buy any candy for people if they come by? Well, there's always been a general rule. If there's no decorations out front, you don't knock on the door. Boo! Boo! You're telling me you're not celebrating? Uh, sick children, stay away, please. <laughs> you're telling me you're not going to put yourself in a hazmat suit to put a smile on some kid's face? I just realized it would look completely normal in multiple ways to walk out in a hazmat suit for Halloween. <laughs> this year especially. But yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with you where like I am not expecting anyone to come by. But at the same time, I did set up decorations. I'm just going to leave a note on my door that says I'm eating all the candy I was going to give you guys. Okay. Because I, I did end up buying candy. And I end up buying candy that I'm going to eat. I didn't buy anything that I don't like. Ah, you got like a bunch of 100 grand bars, gotcha. Oh, yeah. I got that, Twix, so Three Musketeers. It's good. It's it's good living. Although, I did have mm. a moment where I went to the supermarket last, last weekend. And I, I was looking at the candy aisle, and I was like, oh, yeah, I should probably buy some extra candy in case like kids come by. Like, I, I feel like I've been eating all the candy. And I had to be brutally honest with myself that, like, I'm not... I'm not buying candy for kids. I'm buying candy for myself. <laughs> Any candy I buy is not for some kid that's going to come by. It's for me to eat. I, uh... Yeah. I, I, I don't blame you for not putting up any decorations or doing anything. But I do think it's a shame that, like, nothing's going to be happening this year. Um, so, in the spirit of that, I did want to talk about past Halloweens. If you have any oh. fun... If you have any fun stories, any fun costumes you put dress up as, what was what was little Anthony doing for Halloween? I don't think I had um, any any good costumes when I was a kid. Um, well, that's even better. I want to hear about the terrible ones. Ah, uh, <laughs> like I think I I think I had like a ninja costume when I was younger. Um. Is that what you wanted to be when you grew up, a ninja? I just thought it was cool. <laughs> Same. I, the thing is, I actually don't have like a lot of like strong memories of Halloween, really. Hmm. Um, I, I, I can remember uh, knocking on a door and like somebody trying to invite me in. I was like, oh no, stranger danger. <laughs> uh, That's a little let's strange. See. Yeah, it's like, uh, no, no thanks. No thanks. Like, uh, most of my memories of Halloween are after Halloween when I have a giant thing of candy mm. afterwards. Like, the, the trick-or-treating itself was always like, oh, okay. Hey, look, that's a good memory. Like, th there's no, there's nothing bad about, like, just sitting down with a big bowl of leftover candy and just eating. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. I, I, I know that was my favorite part of Halloween. Not necessarily the trick... Or treating itself, and I never did really the trick, so. <laughs> I, I'm definitely a person who I want to, I want to grow up to be that person that, like, goes all out for their house, like, decorating for Halloween, like, putting, like, body parts in the, in the, like, front lawn, like, setting up skeletons in the windows or something like that. I definitely want to be that person, but I haven't had that opportunity I yet. I, I do remember being the child that was absolutely scared of going into a person's yard because they, like, 
really decked out their yard. Mm-hmm. Like it was like every f- five inches had something like spooky in it. Oh yeah. Like and they they weren't like the cheap props either. Like they're the handmade or like you know the the real good stuff too. Oh yeah. I I um I have a vivid memory. I might have told this one on the podcast. So I, I apologize for any um blank space historians out there, but. Um, I have a vivid memory when I was a kid of going up to this one house in my mom's neighborhood and I rang mm-hmm. on the doorbell and knocked on the door. I look over to my right and there's a scarecrow with a big bowl of candy sitting in his lap. So I walked over, started looking in the bowl and like picked myself out like a Snickers or something. And then as soon as I reached my hand to the bowl, he stood up. It was a dude who went, like, all out, like, stuffing, like, hay into his arms and everything. He looked really convincing for my dumb six-year-old brain. But he scared the shit out of me, I swear. (laughs) Um, I do have one story of a haunted house. And I know I haven't told this story, because this story is... Mm. This story doesn't come up very often, but I do like to tell it from time to time. Um, Okay. So when I was a little kid... Um, I used to go to haunted hayrides and haunted uh, houses way more often. There was actually one that was near my um, uh, that was near my dad's doctor. I think it was. It was it was a big house. It was like a three or four story house or something like that. And they decorated it all for mm-hmm. a haunted house thing. And I don't remember what was inside that scared me so much, but I was like I was like four or five years old and just like hysterical i was like oh my god that was the most scary they probably just had like a fake skull sitting in the middle of the room and then they played laughter and i was like oh my god the skull's laughing (laughs) but what i remember vividly is leaving the haunted house and my dad being like hey bud it's over like you, you don't have to worry about it anymore like we're done we're out and outside i don't know why but there were two people dressed up as the Black Power Ranger and Sailor Moon. <laughs> and they were like, hey, bud, it's all right. It, it, there's, there's, no, there's nothing out here you can be scared about anymore. And I'm like, yeah, there were some bad people in there. They're like, we'll go deal with them. And the Black Power Ranger ran like <laughs> head first into the haunted house. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this skeleton's about to get fucked up. Black Power Rangers go walk in there and do like a front flip kick or something like that. That made me feel better, but at the same time, I was I think back on that. And I'm like, there's some dude who's really committed to that bit who ran like into that haunted house. <laughs> that is that is absolutely beautiful. Um, oh god, that is great. I love that story. Actually, I don't remember what she did. <laughs> Like, I feel like she probably was like, hey, bud, it's all right, it's over. And, like, he was fully committed to the pit. He was like, we're going to go defeat the evil that is in this house. That is, that is, that is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my only, I only went to a haunted house once, and it was when I was a kid. And I was so scared to go in that I didn't. Look, I know that feeling, because <laughs> after that haunted house... I was not a fan of going on spooky things for a while after that. Yeah, I I, I get you. I get you. And it was and uh, it was terrible because like my my best friend at the time, like his family would take him to haunted hay rides and haunted corn bases every year. So I would tag mm-hmm. along, and every year I'm like, this is miserable. Why am I doing this? 
<laughs> so it's interesting because I I was one of those kids that kind of grew out of Halloween um, a little early. Mm-hmm. I was a very quote unquote serious child in some ways, um, and I, I kind of stopped doing it. I think by the time I was twelve or so. That sounds about right for me. I I know for me it wasn't that I was like too cool for school with with Halloween. It was more like, I don't know, I was just kind of a nerd who liked to sit inside, play video games. Same. (laughs) So, like, I would be like, I could go out and get candy, but I'm approaching the age where that might be weird for me to walk up to somebody's house. Because at, like, 13 or 14, I was the height I am now, which is, like, over six foot. So people are like, what is this adult walking (laughs) up to my house? Yeah, I think I think it was around when I was 10 that it started feeling weird for me and I stopped going. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sure, I think I went out one more year after that, but I forget which one. And it just felt weird for me to go out at that point. Yeah. And it felt super weird when I was 18 and I had somebody who I knew was my age knock on my door for candy. It's <laughs> uh, just like, all right, cool. Go, go away. Well... I did have fun giving out candy in those years. Because at a point, I did Mm. take it over from my mom, like, giving out candy. That's why I tried Mm -hmm. to do some little spooky stuff. But our neighborhood was really popular for young kids, like, like under 10 years old. So Mm -hmm. I couldn't do anything very crazy. Like, the one year, oh, my God, the one year I got, like, this big bucket of fake blood. And what I was planning on doing was when somebody knocked on the... When somebody knocked on the door, I was going to have the window open with the screen open as well. And I was going to chuck this bucket of fake blood out of the window. And when they knocked, I looked and it was like a four-year-old in like, I don't know, like a Transformers outfit. And I'm like, I can't do that to this kid. I can't. <laughs> I'm not going to traumatize this kid for the rest of his life. That's not going to happen. I ended up using hey. that, I used end up using that bucket of blood, but I think I used it at the wrong time because people weren't at the door yet. They were like approaching. Nice. Mm-hmm. That that's kind of like a one and done scare. You got to do that for like uh, you know somebody's coming, mm-hmm. like you know a friend's uh, younger brother or something like that. Oh yeah, you don't get two buckets of fake blood. You only get one. Mm-hmm. And also because my mom was terrified that I was going to get it on the house or the carpet. <laughs> that is a justified fear right I, I, I wouldn't have blamed her like at, at the age i am now i wouldn't have blamed her at the time though i was like come on it'll be great <laughs> um yeah you know i i um i have a bunch of memories trick-or-treating but none of them are really super vivid except for that scarecrow one like for the most part mm-hmm. i remember going up to people's doors and knocking and getting candy um, I remember there was that one lady, and I feel like there's like a stereotype of like '90s cartoons, but like there was one lady who gave us toothbrushes for Halloween, and I'm like, lady, I understand where you're coming from, and as an adult, I appreciate that now. But come on, you can't give that to kids. I don't know. I I think even as an adult, I'm like, you shouldn't be doing this. What are you doing? Yeah, I get the feeling that was like her making a statement. She was like, she was like at the local PTA meeting, and she was like, "I don't think kids should be eating this much candy." Yeah, this is a, it's definitely um, uh, a bad thing. You know what? I think, I think if there were like 
if there was like adult trick or treating, like it wouldn't be candy anymore. Be, it, it would be like it would be like chicken wings, right? Yo, like yo, like you get a you get a different type of chicken wing per house. Yo, I am. Why why aren't we doing this? <laughs> it sounds amazing. I actually did see some people's solutions to like trick or treating while socially distancing. And the one idea I thought mm-hmm. was great. I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, so I'll, I'll keep it brief. But it's the skeleton that they put on a string that starts at the porch and ends at the end of the driveway. Mm-hmm. And what happens is the skeleton has like some candy in his hands. So the kid just sees the skeleton like barreling towards them on a string. And then they take <laughs> the candy out of their hands and they're good. But on the mechanism that like weights the skeleton, um, there's like a little cup holder in it that has a beer in it for the parents. <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. That was that was cute. But I think we can co-op this into just chicken wings. <laughs> I'm gonna be the house with the stupid spicy wings. <laughs> no one's gonna see it coming. Uh, you, you don't know what you're gonna do. Are you gonna get sweet? Are you gonna get like Korean barbecue kind of spicy wings that make you cry? Or I'm gonna get Oof. like stupid hot buffalo or something like that. Like they're gonna see it's... it. It's gonna be red. There's gonna be like a moment where they look at it and they say, "If I eat this, there's no going back." And then when they you know bite what? into it, they realize it's even worse than they imagined. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're gonna throw like a little bit of ghost pepper on there, make Ooh. them make them cry real good. Yeah. That'd be the, child, the child's never seen the their mom or dad cry before. That's how you uh, traumatize them. Mm-hmm. That's the real trauma. And their dad is on the ground in a ball crying because he ate a spicy chicken wing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, not in a year with COVID, but definitely in a year with um where it's where it's a li- little bit more normal. I'm entirely for handing out chicken wings to people. <laughs> Being like, there's a hot, there's a hot chicken wing, and they'll be like, I could do this. I kind of, I kind of, I do kind of like the idea. Uh, What is, what is Halloween to you, to you now? Uh, Right now, staying inside, not getting anyone sick. Okay, cool guy. But like, (laughs) before, before the year of the Great Plague. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I said earlier, but yeah, like I, I kind of want to try and spook people. I feel like Halloween is such a fun time of year because it's 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 actually socially acceptable to try and scare people, and not like in a horror, not in like a horrific way, like oh man, I'm gonna like chop somebody in half in front of someone, but no, like I don't know, like a jump scare or something, like 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 I don't know, like put something put something in my front lawn that like jumps out at someone, I don't know, like. I, I, I like the idea of having something that, like, puts a little bit of spookiness into the holiday. But outside of okay. that, I mean, it's definitely a social holiday. It's something that, like, I think is great because it effectively incentivizes people to go out and meet meet people. And, like, whether you're an adult or a kid. Like, as a kid, I have memories of going around and trick-or-treating. And, like, I didn't, like become best friends with the people I, I ended up like trick-or-treating with but like I met new people that, those nights um, yeah and then as that... an adult you'd go to like you'd go to like a, a friend's get together or something like that and play spooky games or watch dumb scary movies or something like that 
See, this, the second half of your answer is more towards what I see it as at this point. <laughs> it's an excuse to wear fun costumes and uh, get together with friends and do do, do a bit of dumb, dumb stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a social holiday. It's a reason to get... Funny enough, Thanksgiving and Halloween are kind of the same thing for me right now, which is just get together, eat some good food, and like just laugh with your friends. Well... Uh, well, Thanksgiving's more family-focused, though. Yeah, but... Alright, well, I'll say Friendsgiving, then. Like, the, you know what I mean. Yeah. Where it's just like, get together with people you like, have a good time. I think that was just code for, uh, fuck your family. Uh, <laughs> I love my family. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm looking forward to eating stuffing because it's been, it's been half a year since I've eaten stuffing. I mean, the only reason why people make it for Thanksgiving is, you know, they, you got to eat the table scraps at some point. I always thought the reason that you made stuffing was because um, it's cheap. Like, you really don't have to work that hard. It's a lot of bread and maybe some vegetables. and It's really easy to make. And you don't need as I mean, much turkey. You don't need as much of the expensive stuff because you just put a big old bowl of stuffing down and people fill up on that. I don't know. I feel like you can just have, like, regular bread that's good instead of just soggy bread that's true that's also true like if, if you offered me stuffing i would instantly say no because it's, it's a horrible thing that nobody should eat but Hold it, on. there's a very there's a very clear alternative which is just fresh baked rolls like that is a way better alternative to stuffing in my opinion you threw out a very inflammatory statement there what that stuffing is not good i need to get you some good stuffing then there's there's a, I, there's a there's a misstep here somewhere. I mean, if, if you can find it, sure. Because if you like good rolls, if you like good bread, stuffing is effectively that. Look, I am I am fully willing to admit that it's totally possible that every bit of stuffing I've ever had since the age of two has been horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, is is extremely possible, mm-hmm. uh, and I just have not had good stuffing. So. Uh, that is definitely within the, the realm of possibility. I'm not going to deny that. If, if this year wasn't the year of social isolation, I would be inviting you over and we would be having good stuffing. Ooh. I might just find out where you live and drop it off at your front doorstep and be like, Anthony, this will be our podcast topic for one whole hour. How is mm. the stuffing? It'll be a five minute <sighs> podcast and then an hour of silence as you eat the rest of the stuffing. <laughs> that's that that would be that would be intense Mm. i am you know what i'm gonna say i I don't think i'm actually against the idea of us having like an entire podcast dedicated to seasonal food um that is something that'd be totally for we can we can do an audio cooking show for that episode oh i love that uh, idea we can make like the pop and sizzle sounds of like the the, the stuff frying in the pan and go bzzz, pop. We're gonna do and an go ASMR do... video of us cooking, but we're in separate houses and we're not cooking. <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> can you pass me the chicken stock? Yeah, hold on. Glug 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 glug. Oh, thank you, Anthony. That was a good throw. <laughs> With pash. Oh man, yeah I. Well, okay, so so back to Halloween. Yeah, I I, I, th- I think of it as a fun social holiday. Um, if anything, it's kind of a good good time to like watch horror movies because 
I'll be honest, most of the time when you ask, tell people that you want to watch horror movies with them, they're like, no, I'm not really into them. And I'm not, and I, like, believe you me, I'm not a person who, like, loves horror movies. But there's so many good, cheesy ones that you and your friends can just get around and watch. Yeah, like uh, that one movie that we watched that we said we were going to, um, you know, talk about on the show. We don't, uh, we one don't, banana, we don't speak of this two movie. banana. We don't three speak bananas, of this movie. four. No, what? you don't. What? Well, you you don't you don't you don't want to go talking about the banana splits that we. No. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you there. What was that? That uh, yeah. Where you know. What were you talking thanks, about Kaylin. there? No. What movie was no. this? Uh, banana splits. You know, you remember that? It was. It was. It was kind of somebody got killed by a lollipop. It was great. What movie is this? Okay, fine. It doesn't <laughs> exist. Fine, you win. I I will I will give people a peek behind the curtain. One of our ideas for today's podcast was for us to talk about the banana splits, even though it's been a full calendar year since we've watched that movie. Just it was originally it remembered. Yeah, it was. It was originally last year's uh, Halloween topic, and uh, that 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 never happened. I forget. Either we missed that podcast or. We talked about something else. I forget what it was, though. Hmm. Point is, that's not happening. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, okay. Very brief review. Would you recommend the Banana Splits movie? Um, if you are looking for something to laugh at, sure. Yeah, let's let's go do it. Let's let's go split that banana. <laughs> but um, if you're looking for something that's critically good, no. Hmm. That is definitely on the, the scale of, it's kind of shit, but let's have fun. Yeah, although I will I will deviate a little bit. <clears throat> My deviation okay. will be, I think it was made to be shit. Like, I think it was made yeah. to be a really campy horror movie. But at the same time, it's not like one of my favorite bad horror movies. I've yeah, watched... it's not like Velocipaster or, you know, Thanks Killing. Yeah, like, I had fun watching it. I'm not going to watch it again. But if you and some people want to gather around and watch the movie, go for it. It's it's mm-hmm. probably free at this point. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. There you go. We, 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 we fulfilled our promise however long ago to watch the Banana Splits movie. I remember yeah, on the we podcast did we talked about it, too. We talked about the trailer or something. I think we just never talked about it. <laughs> but, hey, that's on brand for us. I mean, look, that has been that has been our brand for quite a while at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but uh, yeah, no, the, the, we definitely do have a bunch of. Uh, it, it is a great tradition to watch cheesy or sometimes real horror movies, um, j- just for the excitement of it. Do you have a go-to horror movie that you'll watch, whether it be cheesy or real? Mm. No. <laughs> End topic. All right. <laughs> no, I mean, I, mean I, I, I just don't see. See, for me, I am somebody that will watch a horror movie with somebody else, but I'm not. I'm not hunting for them. They're they're not like the thing I'm gonna be like. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do some horror movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's fair. But at the same time, like, I feel like everyone's got a movie that they, they turn to when people say, like, oh, what's your favorite scary movie or something? 
My favorite, my favorite scary movies aren't horror though. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like I, I don't really have favorite horror or scary movies. It's more like I like things that have horror themes. Yeah. Well, tell you what, 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 what's that look like? Uh, Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth is a special sort of scary. Actually, that that is terrifying in a different way. That scared when I watched that. That was like, oh man, they really just they just used a glass bottle on that farm boy's nose. Damn. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah, like I am a I'm a person that um uh what's it called? I'm a person that like I guess likes the like somewhat horror elements in other movies versus a movie that's just straight horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I always turn to like childhood childhood stuff that was just like this was unnecessarily scary, like the Brave Little Toaster. Mm. That stuff. Okay. I'm like, why was this in a kids movie? <laughs> but yeah, you I, were ready. You I, didn't know though. I feel you on that. I definitely have like some horror movies that I actually, that I actually like genuinely like, but I never fault anyone for saying like it's not their genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. it it, to be fair, it's filled with a lot of schlock and not a lot of fun schlock. It's a lot of like backyard hillbilly chainsaw murder twenty. They're back again. And it's like all right. Well, I don't think you guys are doing this for fun anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I do have something that I know you're interested in. Oh. Even though you're not into horror, I know you're into mm. SCPs. I do love SCPs. They're mm. great. How do you feel about how do you feel about that? I know we've talked about it before, but I feel like it's a nice little catch up because it's been yeah, it's been a couple of years at least. It has, and I think SCPs are that are like the type of horror I enjoy. And a few of the podcasts that we went over last time, um, SCPs are in that are in that right little valley between um, horror and good writing well <laughs> yeah but yeah I, I i do i do enjoy scps a lot yeah i i feel like scps at least well-written ones because there's a lot of uh i won't lie there's a lot of junk on that site but well-written oh, ones are is. well-written ones definitely kind of get to get to you in a really like spooky way uh, here, tell you what, just a brief thing in case people aren't aware of what SCPs mm-hmm. are. Give a brief description of it. SCP is a writing project by uh, really anybody. Um, anybody can go on there and submit an SCP to the site. It has like a series between like 1,000 and 6,000. Uh, and it's constantly adding new articles and new uh, items to it. And each item is a little story basically about either a monster or an object or an area that where something weird just kind of happens that can't really be explained and the whole lore behind it is that there's this containment organization the secure contain protect people right the scp um and they are charged with overseeing these items and containing them and keeping people safe and it's just a very cool writing experiment that's been going on for a really long time at this point. 
You can have everything from a dangerous toaster to a uh, eldritch demon that's trying to destroy the world um, to a bakery that uh, constantly produces bread. And if you don't give it yeast, it turns into monsters that try and kill people. Or a haunted Ikea. Or a haunted Ikea. <laughs> Where people get lost into lost in it's it's a fun project that has like elements of horror to it where some of it can be hopeful but it does have like this kind of like grim undertone to it and it's a very fun but interesting community to kind of follow and read up on now now to now bare minimum it's great for creative writing yeah i i think that's the thing specifically i was i was gonna ask you about was we talked about it last time, kind of what our favorite SCPs are, what our mm-hmm. takes are on the organization as a whole. But like, what what do you think is kind of like going on with the community now? Because it feels like now there's definitely a lot more people aware of it, and there's a lot more people making content around SCP. Not the writing project necessarily, but the the, the things people have written. Yeah, because now we get more animations. We get people doing like. Um what is it like cgi trailers or you have people doing posters or uh they do like these live action things that they integrate with like edit video editing software as well right Mm -hmm. um and there's just so much that seems to come out with scp you have everything from the people that read the articles and try and sound like the scientists reviewing a um article which can honestly be really good i know the volgan is one of my favorites uh, he's a great reader for that. Um, there just seems to be like a lot of uh, ancillary content to it at this point where it, it feels like the community's gotten much bigger than it used to. Yeah, and I think the thing that makes me excited about SCP is it feels like a central force, a central force of creativity for people to branch off of. Mm-hmm. Because if people generally kind of want to create have a creative outlet they can go in any direction they want but they're always going to kind of gravitate around things that they like and scp feels like a great open-ended kind of source of inspiration for people who want to make somewhat spooky content but yeah nothing that's like nothing that's like well obviously it does range to like incredibly scary but like it feels like a, a range of, like, you can make kind of whatever you want. There are comedy series out there. There's video games being made. There's, like, audio readings of mm-hmm. the entries themselves. It feels like a nice creative outlet for people that isn't just writing-based anymore. Yeah, there's there's just so much you can expand upon. And the best thing is, is that it's not like there's a quote-unquote canon to it. Yeah, it it could be everything like an article can be a canon onto itself yeah there's no arbiter of saying like this is and this isn't canon like for the most part i don't i haven't seen a whole lot of gatekeeping in that community of people saying like you can't do that people are just like yeah kind of do whatever you want like as long as it's not as long as it's not like shutting down conversation or talking to people or like uh hurting people it's not a problem yeah, because I know like uh, you can you could submit articles to the site itself, and the only thing that really uh, stops anything from going up there is uh, people will upvote an article so that it can get its like SCP number. 
mm-hmm. right? Um, and if you get enough of those upvotes, your SCP gets to stay on the site kind of deal. If it's not written well enough, it'll get downvoted and such, and it won't be put onto the site itself. But that's the only real mechanism that would stop anybody from just putting something up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because you can see that there's like different um, different peop- different authors have like different styles they like to go with. And you can see like there's different ones that kind of work with different parts of like the quote unquote canon itself, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's no official canon or anything like that. But you do have like a few universes people have like kind of put together like uh what is it i think one of them is called like broken uh broken mask scenario or something like that where it's a it's a they write scp scenarios where you know uh, people realize that this organization exists and like all these things are happening in the world where the norm is that this is a hidden organization and they try and keep everything secret so that it doesn't affect the wider world mm-hmm. um and you have like a lot of iterations that have been going on now, which kind of include more ethical kind of SCP parts of the organization, where they're like, uh, we're trying to keep all these bad influences in the uh, organization in check from just being like, oh, we're just uh, we're just a faceless monster of, a, of an organization, uh, and we don't really care about human lives. To be like, oh no, we have like an ethics committee now, kind of deal, and we're trying to. Uh, uh, keep things more in check kind of deal so it, it's kind of fun to see how like you get these little different influences that kind of pop in in some posts don't pop in in other posts it's it's really cool yeah and especially considering you have so many animators and so many game creators making the games ma- making content or surrounding it I feel like mm-hmm. it's a nice fair way to like um, expand on the games themselves because right now you look at it and you're like, all right, well, it's 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 a written story. Obviously, people can make additions to that story, but when you make a animation or you make a game or you make anything, you're expanding on the lore itself, and therefore giving more things for people to go off of. Like like the 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 one series that I know specifically that's like my favorite bit of media come out of this whole thing is Containment. Which mm-hmm. is like a fun, ser- like a, a like a somewhat comedic story about this one character in the SCP universe who can't die. Um, well, when he dies, he just basically respawns immediately. Um, and the whole thing around that is just like exploring all these different SCPs that exist in this world um, and expanding on it, and that's become its own little fandom. Like the the fandom for SCP has turned even more niche with like this one splinter of it. It's great. Yeah, and the best thing is, is like he makes up some of his SCPs as well. So it's like you can just make shit up. It's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna ask a I'm gonna ask a lore question. Maybe you can tell me. Sure. Who's Doctor Bright? I see his name <sighs> get thrown around a lot, and I have no idea what's going on with him. To my understanding, he is a nonsense character. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't call him a nonsense character. Like, he is he's somebody that... Um, I, I don't understand him completely, but uh, he is somebody that is definitely a bit of a joke character. He kind of has, like, different... Um, 
he, he's like he, he gets into hijinks mm-hmm. kind of deal. He's one of the more like jokey sides of the the fandom, I would say for sure. Hmm. But he's a canon part of it. I mean, as canon as anything is. So what you're saying is an SCP containment breach. Doctor Bright's in there somewhere. He probably did it. <laughs> he probably did. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna attach to the show notes um, a uh, a link towards the uh, what is it? Uh, the guy's called like Lord Bung. He yeah, does a. Well- uh, he does uh, SCP containment. Confinement? Confinement. That's what it is. Yep, confinement. That's true. You're right. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, that'll be attached in the show notes for you guys. So if you want to check that out, I put one of his videos in there. Yeah, I'll be honest. Any of his episodes are good, but they do have somewhat of a running story. So if you want to go to that, if you want to go to the first episode, it's kind of the best one to start with, but any of them are interesting to watch. Yeah, I'd say so. Mm-hmm. Is there any SCP content you've run across that has been kind of cringe? Something that maybe you're just like, uh, you know what? Mm, I'm not proud of the fandom right now. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. I bet there's something there, though. There's always something there. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just not focused on it. Um, usually if I... See, here's the thing. Whenever I see, like, nonsense in online communities and such, I usually stay away from it um, to, to, to the best of my abilities. I, I know there was some nonsense going on with uh, some dude in Russia trying to claim the... Uh, what is it? The trademark for SCP. Yeah. But I believe they have there's like a whole thing being worked on with that so that's that's a that's a totally other topic that can get not that we could get into that is legal and bullshit and uh really has no bearing on the greater scp community it really only deals with those in russia and it's really sad for them but uh, it looks like they've been winning their case so yeah i mean it, it it's a big deal for the community but at the same time it doesn't seem to be slowing anything down yeah, because it's like one of those things where nobody can own it just because nobody can own it. So. Yeah, I forget what it's licensed as. I think it's a Creative Commons license or something like that. But it's some kind of license that effectively makes it so that, that no one person really owns this. Yeah, no and I think that is. That definitely is one of the things that helps with its popularity, I think, as well, is because since nobody can own it, anybody can make money off of it, basically. Yeah, it's interesting because you look at something like something that's popular right now, and this is going to date this episode, but you look at something that's popular right now, like Among Us or Mm -hmm. Phasmophobia, both video games that are crazy popular right now, and people are making spin off material of it. Mm -hmm. But um, it does have a lore and it does have a set world to it. So it's not like people can go as buck wild as something like SCP, where SCP is literally anything and everything. Yeah. Although, to be fair, those games, I'm definitely appreciating the, the creative side that people are taking with it. Because um, these, like, Among Us fan animations are insanely good. They're, they're like, top-tier animation for a game that looks like it was, it's a Flash game from 2004. 
Yeah. Yeah, and um, I I think that pretty much covers what we wanted to talk about that, right? Yeah, just about. I was gonna see if you want to go anywhere else with SCP. Nah, I think that's good for now. I I just hope everybody has a good Halloween, right? Just yeah. Be socially distanced and all that nonsense. Stay spooky. Get stay ready for. Stay, get ready for stay spooky. Yeah, and don't get killed, because then I'll be thanks killing. Boo. <laughs> Boo.